Mark Provisor is with us live via telephone. He is Security Project Director for the One Israel Fund. Many people in this community, in this audience, know how important and vital the One Israel Fund is. We have highlighted them many times on this show. We're extremely proud of their work. And we know if they're raising money to uh, provide security for the people of Judea and Samaria and other areas, and we know that they're doing a great job at it. And they're trying to make sure that everybody has what they need. Well, these days, as you can imagine, uh, there are many needs. And Mark Provisor, Security Project Director of the One Israel Fund, is traveling now in the United States. Mark, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Thank you. It's an honor to be there. How has your visit been so far? Are people receptive to what our brothers and sisters are going through in the Holy Land? I think that uh, not only are they receptive, but I see their thirst for a lot of the uh, for information, actually, that's not even getting out over this way. And I've been pleased that people do want to hear, are curious, and uh, honestly are, are motivated to do something, to to have an effect. Yeah, there are some of those people out here, thank God, <laughs> thousands of miles away. Baruch Hashem, uh, some of us uh, really do keep our brothers and sisters in the forefront of our minds and in our hearts at a time at a time like this. Um, when, when you say they want information, I mean, obviously, that's one of the things we're always seeking is information. We want to know what the quote-unquote real stories. But, but what are some of the misconceptions? What are some of the things that you revealed, I don't know, over Shabbat to people that would have come as a surprise to them? It, it's... The information is getting out there. It's the amount of information which is the problem. Uh, I've noticed that when I follow actually uh, media, and especially English media, and I'm not talking the New York Times, right. um, about 30% uh, of what's going on is actually getting over here. Even, that, even not the full pictures being uh, said in the Israeli media. And these are some of the things that we've been filling people in. The not, it's not just the amount of the attacks, but the, you'll forgive some of my security terms, but the quality of the attacks, yeah. uh, the, how the escalation is happening and is happening, and this isn't getting out, and sometimes that provides a bit of a distorted picture as just serious and how serious the situation is. Yeah, I, I like to say the enemy is getting more and more clever each and every time, and uh, it's hard to uh, defeat an enemy like that, and certainly in this situation we know how difficult it is to defeat an enemy like this, and I can only imagine that the needs of the communities of Judea and Samaria, we, we heard about Hebron and Kiryat Arba earlier, we heard about uh, yesterday in the Gush, we heard about a town near Ariel, or I should say an intersection near Ariel yesterday. Right, the entrance. Yeah, the entrance there. I mean, there, there's just, it, it, it seems to be, and we know, of course, of other areas of Israel as well, uh, major cities, etc. But there always, there always seems to be a unique target when it comes to Judea, and Samaria. Mark Provisor is with us, Security Project Director over at the One Israel Fund. All right, what are the needs, Mark? Lay it out for us. What are some of the things that that you're trying to do, that you're trying to collect for, that you're trying to raise funds for? What are the projects that right now are at the forefront of the One Israel Fund? First of all, let me explain exactly what I do. I'm I, as the Security Project Director there. I'm working with the security teams with the IDF. It's a group effort. I myself come from the security background. I was the security chief of the Shiloh region until 2006. Wow. So during the Intifada, so you could say, uh, well, let's say I've had a bit of experience <laughs> in the field. Sure sounds like it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And so one of the things that I'm doing is uh, by working with the communities and all these people, we, we have defined various needs and, and to not just be responsive but to be proactive in an attempt 
also to prevent these attacks. And also, no one can prevent everything. No one. Right. No one. I don't care what they say. But what we can do is actually have a, uh, God willing, a positive effect on results that happen. So some of the things that one of the main projects we've been working on is securing a lot of the security first responders and medical first responders. These are the guys who go out immediately. This is before the IDF. These are the, this is speed dial number one. Mm-hmm. So we've been working on a particular vest project that addresses those needs of those guys who are in the cars and jumping out. Uh, various medical first response equipment such as burn kits, uh, hemostatic uh, bandages, and even special fire extinguishers to to assist with the, the onslaught of Molotov cocktails. And, and that all connects to what I said about the information that's not being received. Uh, Molotov cocktails are happening every day, every day, all over the place. And people, thank God, many have not been hurt. But there have been a few that have been, and I'm sure you're aware of, like right next to Bethel. Yeah. Also, we, we unfortunately, a family, a three-year-old was even hurt badly. Um, we're trying to be more prepared. I found that most people in America, and you forgive me, I don't mean to be nasty or to insult anyone. Most people respond only after a Jew is either wounded or killed. Right. And this, as my growing up in the security realm, something that we wanted to prevent. And this is exactly what I'm trying to do by either getting these guys more of the vests that they need, or these are special vests, and this equipment, various, whether it be thermal vision or something, to prevent Jews from becoming victims. Isn't it amazing how it's necessary to have thermal vision equipment in someone's town? This is, we're not talking about the battlefield, although I know it is a battlefield, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. We're not talking about the border with an enemy country. We are talking about in the towns where people live. We heard last week of someone trying to raise money for a specific type of uh, of clotting cloth, which is very effective when it comes to stab wounds. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, sure, Absolutely. You, I'm sure you'd like to have every every first responder have that on their body, as their, or on their person, I should say, as they as they tour the area and, God forbid, wait for another attack. Oh, for sure. We, it's, one of the, it's one of the campaigns, actually, the one Israel Fund is also working on, is this clotting cloth, but we've taken it up a step. We've, we've designed with the paramedics in the field who are dealing with this a specialized trauma kit that, that we're trying to get to every medic that we have in our areas. We work in conjunction with Hatzala Yudan Shamon, Hatzala Yosh, who, you know, many of their volunteers are specifically for Judea and Samaria. And uh, it's funny because I'll be speaking today to a few people who are interested in supplying these trauma kits. Uh, look, the, the need, I, I hate to say the need is great. We are doing what we can. And I'm extremely proud of our people. People should never forget. We are very, very, very strong. They should never perceive us as anything else. And our guys are out there, and uh, we work together as a team, as Am Israel, as Kalad Israel. Mark Provisor is with us, Security Project Director at the One Israel Fund. Where are you from originally? I was born in Philadelphia, and I made Aliyah in 1978. So even a, even a Philly guy can go ahead and develop a love for the land like you just described. Yes, and please don't hold it against me, all you the Giants fans, right? <laughs> uh, Philadelphia always has an interesting place in the hearts of New Yorkers. But anyway, that's where you're from, and now, of course, where do you live now? I live in Shiloh wow. for the past 20 years. And thank God. Married, four children, two in the IDF, another one going in soon. Very proud father. I can only imagine, I can only imagine... How about a word before we tell people how to practically help and again review, you know, what some of these uh, campaigns are all about? 
How about a word about the um, the life of uh, of people in Shiloh and other areas at this time? I I did an exercise. Uh, I embarked on an exercise uh, this past Friday. I was walking on a, on a street in Manhattan, and somebody was walking next to me, a stranger, someone I didn't know. And I said to myself, my God, if I was in Israel right now, I would suspect, I would wonder, I would fear that that person would want to take a knife and plunge it into me and kill me. And I would assume that as people, young and old, walk the streets and go about their day, as resilient as they are, that those thoughts go through their mind on a regular basis. Absolutely. Well, first of all, the dynamics of living in, in a yeshuv like Shiloh and that of walking the streets of Jerusalem uh, are very different. Uh the, you, you see that in Jerusalem. You see people are very, very tense. Not just Jerusalem, obviously, all, all over the country are very tense. And you see them veering away from someone they don't necessarily know and so on. Uh, people have taken, those who are not walking around armed and have guns are now armed. And you also see that also on the faces of also the Arabs walking around. You know, you see that the, the tension is, is so thick you can cut it. In Shiloh, a lot of us who live in Yudan, Shamron, our main challenges at this point are the roads, uh, where we are seeing daily ambushes by not just stoning attacks and Molotov attacks, but they block the roads, whether it be with the burning tires or something, and at that time try to ambush the people. I myself was ambushed about a week ago. I'm only here a couple of days. Um, and those are the concerns and just leading your everyday life, going to work, whether you want to go out with your family. The communities themselves were dealing, again, with increased probes uh, done by would-be terrorists who want to check the security uh, apparatus. There have been a few attempted infiltrations in various communities, a few successful, uh, that have been stopped. And not only that, but there are and some of the news that's not getting out. There are shots being fired into communities. There are shots being fired into communities. Wow. And this simply is not getting out there. Now, I'm not saying this to, to frighten people. Not at all. We look at it in a very responsible way in that we see a situation developing and we adapt and we prepare and we increase our, our security awareness. Well, I'm with you on this whole issue because I believe that it's important for all of us know to, uh, all of us here to know what everyone's going through, number one, and to have accurate information. You know, sometimes that, sometimes it's not the most pleasant information. What can I tell you? Uh, what, what's the strategy when one like you were last week is being ambushed? I, you have to remember I'm a little different that I come from, uh, I could never, uh, I'm not a runner. Uh, I actually, I stopped my car and I got out to confront them. There are about, uh, there are about 40 Arabs and they had thrown tires on the road in, uh, a rock roadblock and were getting ready to, they were, they were there in throwing stones. I stopped, I got out. Originally I drew my weapon. I replaced it. I holstered it as soon as I got out. Uh, and when I saw that there was yet no army responding, I simply, well, let's say I, I, I did some proactive, uh, I went to them, and for them to see that was something that, uh, well, it drove them crazy. I mean, you, you see a, a Jew getting out and coming to them, and, well, it has a different effect, and I was able to, to push them back, push, get them back up to the hill, uh, and, and that, thank God. And that can disperse the crowd. A little, I, a little. I, I'm, I'm not an, ex I'm, I'm, I don't mean to sound extreme or like a cowboy. But through my experience in dealing with this, and I've been 19 years dealing with security and counter-terror, if a person, if they realize that the person who's getting out knows what he's doing, 
and they feel that dedication and that connection to the land and to the people, they recognize that. The person ceases to become the prey and takes on a whole different aspect. A little, they know that. A little, and, a little Jewish resistance goes a long way, huh? Yeah, it goes a long way. When we stand strong in our land, that is the result we see. I'm not saying being violent or something. When they see someone who is confident, and again, I, I say again, knows what he's doing, and right. I, I give myself that, that luxury, it, well, it has a positive effect, and it affects the other Jews traveling. People will stop also and, and, and stand strong, and this, our Arab neighbors, know they can't beat. Mark Provisor is Security Project Director at the One Israel Fund. Before we go through the uh, different items again that are necessary and how people could help, maybe they have a specific uh, you know, piece of equipment they want to sponsor, whatever the case may be. Obviously, and I'm sure you've gotten this a million times, many people are asking themselves who are listening right now, doesn't the government of the State of Israel pay for these types of uh, equipment, these types of materials? What's the answer to that? So the government actually, we're, first of all, One Israel Fund is not a private uh, militia, I and mean, people should not conceive of it that way. The government of Israel does help, and it helps a lot of with our, our emergency response teams and the medics and, and so on, and security personnel. A lot of it is minimal, and do I wish that they would do more? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it's simply what we're doing is we're filling the gaps within that. It's like... Imagine there are there is certain medical equipment, basic medical equipment that they're giving, but I simply took my experience through the. And I've been, I say I've been privileged to be involved in a lot, and I take that and I apply it to see the needs that are not necessarily there. Whether it be in emergency medical equipment, we started supplying various things to the basic life saving and advanced life saving kits that weren't available through any of the other medical organizations. Whether we started buying burn kits. We were one of the first people to start equipping medics with certain burn kits that they need to address this because the, the ambulances did not have it. The, we, it's a tactical vision and uh, using thermal vision, portable thermal vision. Again, it was something that the Army simply was not supplying, right. and we were able to do that, and we started. This is not something brand new. Yeah. The whole concept of being proactive is something that we've been working on for years. Yeah, I understand that. This is not news to me. I just know that there are going to be people out there wondering about uh, you know what type of support you get from the Israeli government. All right, so what? What? One more time. What are the most immediate needs? And then tell us how can people respond to this plea? How can people, organizations, shuls, I don't know, any group out there who wants to get together? How can they help you help the people of Judea and Samaria? There are a few ways. Number one. There is a website, besides the One Israel Fund website, but this is very important. It's called NoMoreJewishVictims.com. NoMoreJewishVictims.com. It's more of a website. It is a mantra. It is a philosophy. And people can go there and they can donate direct. And this is a campaign designed to address immediate needs of the communities as it comes up, whatever the piece of equipment they need. We're out there being able to push at. Just as an example, just as an example, some of the things you pointed out earlier. Exactly. Right. The, we, there's the specific uh, projects are such as vests for Israel, which is designed right now to stage one to equip the security first response personnel all throughout Judea and Samaria with a special and again, and I have, I have to emphasize a specially designed vest for these guys 
so they can do the job that they're supposed to do and remain protected. Right. Medical equipment, again, there's these trauma kits that we're putting out that we're working with in coordination with other medical units all throughout Yudan, Shimon. Burn kits, for example. Again, and like you mentioned, the trauma kits that include, it's not just the combat bandage, but they include that and other things. Uh, thermal, the uh, thing we're calling TAC vision now, which is a improved thermal, thermal device that allows us to see further. It's, things are very specific. Uh, if people do want to just, again, be part of that No More Jewish Victims campaign, and, and forgive my arrogance, but miracles happen. We simply make miracles happen. And this, I don't, I don't mean to sound uh, so like a, a messianic or something, but <laughs> we see when people work together, when Kleisrael works together, we see the effects and we see the results. And these are things that are very, very specific. So people are able to either log on or be in touch with me and say specifically what they want to do, and we get it done. And then you mentioned another thing. How else can people help? By coming, by visiting, by seeing, by connecting, by strengthening themselves over here also. It's all one picture. And that's something that your organization also helps uh, a tremendous amount. The um, You actually do these day tours to places that people might not, not normally get to. Oh, absolutely. It's people, most people do not get them. And right. we connect them. One of the special things about the day trips that one Israel Fund does is we connect them, Dafka, with the people. It's not just the cause. It's not just the solidarity. But they meet such a wide variety, such a great spectrum of people from all over, Judea, Samaria, the Bikad, you know, the Jordan Valley, all types, Chilonim, Datim, you name it. Because Judea and Samaria, what most people don't realize, it's, it's so diverse. It's wonderful. And we do that. No question about it. All right. Uh, the website you mentioned, no more Jewish victims.com, no more Jewish victims.com. I do notice there, there is an equipment uh, tab so people can see exactly how they want to support. You could go to oneisraelfund.org, oneisraelfund.org about the day trips and about other uh, fundraising efforts and the organization in general. We are big fans, Mark, as you know. And all I could say is God bless you and uh, please give our best to everybody in the Holy Land. I assume you're heading back soon. And, thought, yes. and if anybody out there uh, wants to uh, speak to you directly over the next day or two, because you're in the New York, New Jersey area for the next day or two, right? For the next couple of days, I'm, uh, I'm actually in uh, New York City today, Long Island in a bit. But they can be directly in touch with me through my email, which is markpro, M-A-R-C-P-R-O, at oneisraelfund.org. And I will, thank God I get a lot of emails, but I will try to get in touch. Someone will be in touch. And uh, really, together we can make miracles happen. Kolakavod, thank you so much for joining us. Our best to everybody in the Holy Land. Thank you, Nachum. It's been a pleasure. Mark Provisor is Security Project Director for the One Israel Fund. These are challenging times for the Jewish people. He and thousands of others are on the front lines. I am glad that every day, it seems, we're able to connect with somebody from the Holy Land to find out their perspective on what's going on in Israel. 8 o'clock in the morning on a Monday, this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial, broadcasting live from the Sony and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, around the world on the web, jmtheam.org.